Log, uh, where we go through 2000 AD week by week, issue by issue. I'm Michael. And I'm Craig. And today we are looking at Prog 2355, but before that I would just like to say up front for once all of the things about like actually, you know, follow us on Twitter or whatever. Because we have just kind of started this podcast and we have been having something of success, I think. People are listening. People are listening. We we have been getting like a small number of people listening to every episode. Mm-hmm. and uh, a, a loyal cadre of yeah. followers. And I just thought that it's probably best to say when people are like actually listening to the podcast like at the start of the it. The highest chance to catch someone. Yeah. Thank you very much, honestly. Like I'm blown away that anybody is listening to this at all. I hope you're enjoying it to some extent. People are interested in the things we have yeah. to say. And that is extremely flattering but we would also probably like this to be a successful podcast to some extent tell so, a friend that's where i was really going yeah. With that, yeah so if you are one person listening to this and you think there's anybody that you know that would also be interested in it and you tell them and they listen that represents a significant percentage increase in our listenership at this point um, if you are a fan of 2080 or 2CAD, and you want your friends to get into 2CAD, tell them about us, because I've heard that this podcast makes people get into 2CAD. Makes people purchase the prog. It's made at least two people that we know purchase the prog. Insanity. But, you know, don't necessarily do it because you want to get other people into it, because they might just hate us. But if you think they wouldn't hate us, mm-hmm. maybe maybe mention it to them. And also, you know, give us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever Spot the thing is. I don't understand how reviews work, but yeah. like, comment at least, like... Do all the usual interaction-y things. And on that note, we have our first Patreon donator to thank. Yes. So huge thank you to James Meek, who we don't have anything set up to like give him a reward for being mm-hmm. our first Patreon donator. We should probably get on that. But thank you very much. That's very kind of you. We don't have any financial reward or like you know functional reward, but the moral reward of thanks. Yeah. yeah. That's great. But yes, sorry to bother you with all that at the start. <laughs> sorry to bother you. We'll let's, talk about comics. Let, now. Let's get into 2080. Beep boop, you're dead. This is, I think you were going to say, the Halloween issue. It's a spooky Halloween issue! Is it though? No, but it is. Halloween is on a Tuesday. Toucan comes out on a Wednesday. This is the progs that will be on shelves on Halloween Day itself. And it does have a spooky cover. The cover is from Fall of the Dead World. Mm-hmm. And we've got a zombie-ish looking man with some knives, scalpels in his pocket, having fallen backwards out of a wheelchair. And there's skulls everywhere. I mean, I guess I wouldn't know from the cover that he's a dentist. But he does have the little dentist mirror tool. You know, I don't know if it makes any sense at all. But you're right, I do get a kind of dentist vibe from him. Well, that's good, because he is a dentist. Is he? He's a dentist. Oh, okay. It's it's a plot relevant. Well, maybe. That's, that's maybe strong. It's maybe strong to say that it's plot relevant that he's a dentist but uh, the the cover says dead of night Sidney Diath as, uh, asserts pa- parental control he's he's, oh, a, he's yeah, a dad yeah. of a character yeah because it's, it's he's being possessed by his dad or no, his he's, possessing his, he's dad. possessing his dad he, that's very weird it's an odd thing that we'll get to but I'd like to say up front that Diath 
see the, the concept of like death but spelt with like a comma or whatever. Yeah. Can fuck off. I do not actually know, and I suppose I should save this and when we're talking about Follow Dead World further into the comic, I don't actually know for sure that Sidney Death or his dad or whatever is Judge Death. If, it, if he's not, if he turns out not to be Judge Death, I might have to riot. <laughs> I think that Judge Death is in this comic. He's just possessing his dad, who is a dentist that is dead. Well. I think there was a thing in the, in the 90s, maybe, that had, like, it was, like, the young life of death or something something like that. And it was backstory for Judge Death, and it involved his dad being a dentist. Going into this, I assumed that Judge Death himself was a dentist. But I guess that makes no sense, because he would have he to would be, be a judge. judge. Yeah. He could be a dentist and then a judge. Do you like the cover? Like, do you like the art? Like, I, I like the the cover. It doesn't say anything at all about Judge Death to me, but mm. it's a zombie man. And uh, the cover is by Cliff Robinson, which mm. we, we have not called out yet. Uh, do you like the cover? I like it. It's not the kind of groovy ghoulie that I want for a Halloween cover. Like he, he, does, he does have claw nails. He does have claw nails. Like, have they been growing? People after are scared he died? of dentists. Yeah, there's like a chessboard next to him. There's a chessboard, and there's also a book which is titled Beyond the Veil, mm. which is somewhat Lovecraftian, I guess, and. Uh, uh, it's by Matthew Zimish, Zimith, which Zimith. that might have something to do with something. I, don't I know. like that it's a spooky cover for Halloween because I like Halloween comics. We'll talk later mm-hmm. on about whether or not this deserves the cover. I think it was it was already going to be the Fall of Dead World cover on Halloween. On Halloween, that was the one you would do, and that makes yeah. sense. And like, I can't fault. I'd love to fault it for some reason. My blood's up, but I can't. Moving on. Tharg's nerve center. So, I've actually got a bit to say about this. Fire on, then. So, Tharg has two things that he says. That's more than most. I think it's two more than most. Mm -hmm. And he's got two things that he's talking about that I will have something to say about. So, first of all, he is flogging a new product, which is the first issue of a Smash miniseries. Smash. Which is based on an old British comic called Smash. Called Smash. Spelt with an exclamation mark in the title. I approve. So, I, I did a bit of looking into Smash. Did you? No, not at all. I wanted to buy Smash. I wanted to purchase Smash this week, but my local comic shop didn't have Smash. I wanted to get it and then have it for this recording and say, that yeah, I read Smash. Well, if you had done, mm. uh, you would find that Smash includes stories about characters such as The Spider, mm-hmm. Janice Stark, Adam Eterno, and more. And more. And uh, I did a bit of looking into Smash. All of those characters, at least on their Wikipedia page, does not say that they ran in Smash. <laughs> That's... Does it say they run in various other publications? Yeah, kind of like it said that they ran... Like the Spider in particular ran in Valiant, which mm-hmm. when I was researching Smash did eventually get like folded into Valiant. That's a big thing in British comics. That, yeah. like Comics get two cans, had things folded into Before it we get too far, though, you know who did run in Smash? Mm, I probably should know by the way you're looking at me. Go on. Cursed or Doom. Ooh. The guy who was in that Battle Action special that wasn't from Battle Action. Do you think that he's... Because they've not called him out here. No. Do you think he's not in this issue of Smash they're putting out? I think he's probably not in the comic that he should be in, and he is in the comic that he shouldn't be in. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. He was a fun character. He was like a Doctor Strange, sort of Vincent Pricey kind of guy. Maybe a bit more rotund than Vincent Price. Smash had a sister comic called, like, Pow or something with an exclamation mark and it was later folded in with like Bash probably getting those names wrong like I should have the Wikipedia page open in front of me but I thought that was funny the page that I was looking at also had lists 
of other comics that ran in Smash. Mm. And I think they might have been talking about it once on Sonic the Comic Podcast, which mm. we often have brought up so far. It's a big this. influence on us. Because there was something about, like, there was, like, a comic called Bad Penny, which is just about a... A, a, like a, a bad penny. A girl who's nasty, which I think I remember them talking about. Well, that. was that when they were talking about how, like, you, back in the day, you could just have like a character that did one thing and was known for one thing, and that's yeah. that's your strip. You know, Keyhole Kate looks through keyholes. That like Billy Wiz is fast. Yeah, I completely forgot about Keyhole. Kate. I, I think about Keyhole Kate sometimes. She looks through keyholes. It's, she's, it's, she's a Bino character, right? She she's probably from somewhere else. She might be a dandy. She character. might be a, like, but she is. Be no dandy related nowadays. Yeah. Like you say, things get folded in from other yeah, places. Absolutely. One of the comics mm-hmm. that apparently ran in Smash was a comic, I've forgotten the name, which like I wish I hadn't, but it was one where a builder had inherited a big inheritance from a wealthy aristocratic re- relative. I'm into this. He was unable to receive that inheritance until he had become the champion of various sports. <laughs> <laughs> that took a swerve? Yeah. He's a builder. He's a builder. He's got he's got an inheritance, yeah. and so every issue he's having to do a different sport and presumably I mean, I become the so, champion yeah. of it. And it seemed like it had a lot of different. You, you could maybe workshop that and pitch that to Japan right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's mad enough. Yeah, can you set it in another world, perhaps? Uh, probably. Hmm. But uh, I delved far too deep into this because I've also got something to say about the spider in particular. Well, before you go on about the spider, I was excited about this flogging of Smash. Mm-hmm. Never heard of Smash in my life. Nor had I. Probably like from the 70s or pre-70s times. Um, but he's, Tharg is calling out this. The writer is Paul Gerst or Grist. Uh, I forget which, where the R is in his name. Uh, we've got Jack Staff, Demon Nick and Paul Gerst. Yeah. Gerst. The Gerst is the writer of Mudman, which was a comic I loved you back in spring. I love Mudman. If you've never read Mudman, readers, go seek out Mudman. There's a incredible sequence with a British boss. I can't say anything higher. Like, like incredible art. He, do, he does lots of other things, but I know him mostly from... He's the Mudman guy. He's the Mudman guy. Make more Mudman, Grist. What happened to Mudman? I'm still waiting on, like, issue eight or nine. Well, you know who the spider guy is? Um, you, you don't, I'll I tell don't. you. No, go on. Most of the run of the spider was done by one of the co-creators of Superman. Really? Yeah. Do, do, uh, Joe Siegel? Siegel! I think so. Was it an American comic that they repurposed? No, it was a British comic, and apparently he just did most of the, the scripting for it, for, like, most of the, the three runs that <sighs> Is that because he was, like, blacklisted in America? It might be. Because they blacklisted the Superman creators because they dared, like, ask for money for the creation of Superman after they came back from the wars. Also, you know, they were, they were Jewish. They were Jewish. Maybe maybe they didn't get the best, like, treatment from... They, they, they very much got screwed out of Superman, and yeah. it's, it's only... I don't even know if it's properly sorted now but like there's been stuff done about that in the last 20 years so but i was not expecting to have that kind of pedigree from any of the comics listed in smash well there's ads um, for smash later and it like it may be on the back but have you seen the spider he's he's wearing like he's like a spy hero he's guy. like a spy guy but he's, he's wearing like oven stoves on his tits <laughs> like when you get to the picture i feel like you'll agree wholeheartedly with me but not the back cover it's no. like it's in the comic it's somewhere buried within the contents of the cover yeah but i've got two things to say Ooh, yes. because the other thing was Tharg is also calling out that next week will be this podcast's first regen yes I'm very excited I am as well regen or regened people can write in and let us know 
Regen. Pl- please do reach out. We give, see. We see regen. Give us numbers. We are massively dyslexic and can't check each other on that. So true. I, I, I believe. Well, I'm definitely dyslexic. No. I'm probably. Yeah. I don't know. Did, did you get a diagnosis? Not at all. No. Yeah. Which is why we read comic books and not book books. Mm. Mm, they're too long and they involve a lot of gassing of children. <laughs> Specifically, that's Triffids. I'll bring up Triffids every week if I can. But okay. I mean, I look forward to that running gag. I could have worked it in if we, if we were started when Enemy Earth was happening. We should talk about Regen. Um, so, I like Regen. I like Regen. We like Regen. You've told me that that is controversial, though. Controversial, or maybe just not the main opinion. People people don't like Regen because it's for kids. Mm-hmm. If you are listening to this podcast as your only exposure to 2000 AD culture, mm-hmm. what are you doing? But also, Regen is something that 2000 AD does Four times a year, I think. Quarter. There might be Quarter. more. There might be more than four issues of Regen a year. It might yeah. be like five or something. But like, and they have an entirely self-contained four kids. Well, all ages, I think. All it. ages comic. Yeah. So instead of Judge Dread, it's Cadet Dread, and they've had various stories that have been carrying over between the Regens, Regen. Stuff has happened in Regen. Like there's been strips started in Regen that have made it to the main prog. Yep. Pandora Perfect. I really liked Pandora Perfect. There was that. I mean, was fine. That moon made of sausages yeah incredible she was like um mary poppins, mary poppins but a criminal she had a robot friend she had a robot butler the art was amazing i loved everything about it people don't like it uh, for various reasons because it's for kids and presumably the main demographic that we two can currently are over 40 and they're like oh no it's for kids but like y- you need to get kids into comics like, yeah that's it. you need to you need to on-road them somehow comics should be a thing that kids want to read yeah I get some people's concerns because, like, it's not happened recently, or it has happened recently, but it hasn't happened in this order recently. But people are like, well, if you start them on regen and then you go into the next issue, there could be murder or death or shagging in the next issue. And you know what? Actually, I think that's fine. Like, maybe don't show your parents if you've been buying 2000 AD all of the things that could potentially mm. be in it. But most of the time, there's not anything all no, that wrong like, in like, it. It's not hardcore super set. It's just comics. I don't know what the actual age range of two cad is i would probably place it at t for teen t for teen right like it definitely got more teen as it's gone on but like it it was a kid's comic like it it did start as a kid's comic there was things that probably happened in the 70s and 80s that are far more not necessarily graphic but like disturbing than what they publish currently because it was the 70s and 80s i've definitely seen artwork from the jigsaw disease with like jigsaw shaped bits of people falling out of them goodness that sounds like a stand ability But that was that was a classic seventies story. I think that might be my mum's favourite story. It's also like a difficult thing as well. We're like, oh, like you don't want your kids looking at shagging, and like they're never actually going to like. Two thousand AD does occasionally have some tits in it. Yeah, exactly. But, but like, it's very. Occasionally. But it's difficult to police that because oh, you're you're up about that, but like. The apocalypse war where like 18 billion people yeah. are burnt on screen like that, that you, you won't look at that and go like oh that's just like an action scene or whatever you yeah. know so it's, it's difficult but they're working on it because they have regens and like regens come along so often and you can, you can give and your kid a regen and usually that'll be fine you can give your kid single issues that are the regens and also they've started releasing them as collections i believe trade paperbacks yeah one of the reasons why it's controversial is because not only are people like old and crusty and don't want change well i think it's really they, they don't want 
change, but they also don't want the thing that's for them to be for anyone else. Gatekeeping could be a thing yeah. as well. It's specifically they don't like that the regens are numbered progs because mm. they could be specials, and like they functionally are specials because you know like they would do summer specials or yeah. like whatever, like an Easter special. They, they they would be whatever the paper like they they are what is marked for that. They're they're shown as kids comics instead, like that instead of being like a like a year like they could have done a Halloween special. Yeah, for, like like that's my big takeaway from this is like they should have probably just done a Halloween special. I would have preferred a Halloween special. I'm not against... I, I like regens, but I like Halloween comics more than I like regens. You could certainly do a Halloween regen. Exactly. So I feel like they maybe missed a trick with the timing of this one. But people don't like that this next prog is going to be prog whatever the next prog number is. Because if it wasn't, they would just skip it. But they've got that collector's disease yeah. where it's like an actual numbered issue and they're like, well, I can't not buy it. Also, if they have that collector's disease, they'll probably say that they would just skip it. But when it actually came out, they'd be like, well, I kind of want to have a full collection of mm. all of the specials as well. I like to I like to think in my heart that British, I say British, but 2008, they could be any nationality. 2008 collectors don't have necessarily that specific American collector's disease. Uh, well, but. in the local comic shop, I have been told that people have come in and bought every single different variant cover of the same comic when they were doing that. Yeah, like. I'm, very, I'm sure they're still doing that. I've never understood variant covers. I don't know. I, I, I like, like, I've seen, like, actual individual variants that I like, mm-hmm. but if they cost more than the price of the comic is normally, I've never bought them. Forget that, like, you're right, but yeah. also, even if it's the same price for every comic, you're still buying, like, four different copies of the same I've, comic. I've, I love comics, and I, I, I treat them very preciously, like, I, I do bag and board. Not every comic, because I've run out of bag and boards. But I, I do have like a core of comics that I've bagged and bored from when I've been collecting. I've I've never bought duplicates. Like some people buy one comic to read and yeah. one to keep. I just don't understand. And like I'm very precious with them. I just don't understand that. I understand that to some extent if you want to have a completely maintained collection, but also I don't because they're not, they're not worth anything anymore, no, guys. Like, like modern comics, like any comic printed after like the 90s. Yeah. I know there's exceptions like Saga and stuff. But like, Are they collector's items? I don't, they're probably, they I don't know how much Saga number one goes for now, but it was going for more than what it cost. But like, it has multiple runs. Like, this is the thing. They're not collector's edition, items anymore. No, first edition, because like, you know how they do multiple printings. Yeah. So if you give that first edition of Saga, that it will be worth money. I don't know if it's worth, like, an impressive amount of money, but it is worth some amount of money. Scott Snyder Batmans as well, when I was collecting, those were worth money as well, because yeah. th- that was a big thing. I don't think that makes any sense. But I'm willing to accept that it exists. I want to, I want to think that two card readers are a breed apart from that, because two card is weekly. It feels more disposable. You know, like it, like you're, you're getting it every week. You say that, but my mum does have that lock up somewhere with Prog for Three and all yeah. of the, the Progs that she has. That will do work money it. because that's you know that's an early Prog and Hopefully, kept yeah. well. I don't know. So, yeah. so my mum is the collector that you're saying you I'm, hope doesn't exist. I'm, I guess. I'm, no, I'm not saying that. You're putting <laughs> words in my. Mouth. I'm just. I'm trying to like build up our listenership and saying that no, you're cool guys. You're not these American comic collectors that have slabbed comics and mm. fucking carbonite that you'll never read. Um. I'm looking forward to regens. We'll see Young Dread. They can be they can be hit and miss. They, they can be hit and miss, yeah. But they are also they seem to be like a testing ground for new talent, it would seem. There have been at least two stories. We were talking about Pandora Perfect. There was also was it called Enemy Earth? Enemy Earth was a regen, yes. So so they have stories that run in there, and if they're very popular, then ah. they sometimes get carried on in the main progs. Just a wee side note. Like I know I was saying like if we had started with when we were doing Enemy Earth, when we were reading Enemy Earth, we could have talked about it and I could have triffed bombs all the time. Ah, yes. Enemy Earth went fucking hard. Like you know how it's like a kid's comic and it started in a regen yep. 
Yeah, there's stuff that happened in Enemy Earth where, like, it may have not been, like, the best thing in the prog array every week. But no, there was, there was... I think that, that Enemy Earth was a good example of what the regen to main prog pipeline should be. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think it started off a little bit shonky, mm-hmm. and I think that was entirely proven to be because of lack of experience. Because mm-hmm. as they went on, and as they had more issues yeah. published over time... It got noticeably better it seems as it was running. Noticeably better, and it seemed to be one-to-one with the introduction of cannibals into the comic, <laughs> which I don't know if it, that says anything, but like when those cannibals hit that comic, it was like every issue was like, damn, Enemy Earth. And I guess it's because you're thinking of it as a kid's thing, and it, was just, mm-hmm. it wasn't bound by that. I wasn't necessarily thinking of it as a kid's thing. I was very much thinking of it as a kid's thing, because they had like a, like a friendly robot helper guy. Yeah. They had a kid's like, sidekick kind of a character who I think went feral he, by the he, end. And... Yeah, he got monsterified. Yeah. I'm sure that Enemy Earth will run again while oh, yeah. we're, while we're I, doing Prog Slog. So. I think there's another book to come. There's like one last bit of it to mm-hmm. come. So uh, We'll have plenty of time to talk yeah, about that. Absolutely. Shall we talk about the damage reports? Yes. Just a wee side note. So, the damage report is just covering what it did last time. I like this damage report. Mm-hmm. Um, this, it, like, it covered what happened last time, which I thought was... It says a creator droid might have blown... So, for one thing, it says that everybody's, like, cordoning off the scene and being evacuated from where there was an explosion. Mm. And they, they're all going to go down to the, the lube something hostelry, yeah. which uh, I, I assume just means the pub. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're droids. They need their lube. And then it's, like, theorizing that the explosion might have been caused by a, a creator droid that couldn't handle being cheery all the time which we we, we, we know we know that that's what happens because so, they told us last time i was ready to not like this damage report in reading it mm-hmm. but by the end it sort of in my mind established itself as a police procedural <laughs> with tharg because it's like thar mm-hmm. it's like tharg and the boys are like investigating what happened and it's like like you say like they're just covering the ground that they, they covered last week but like by the end like by like maybe the last couple words it's sort of presented like they're investigating it does talk about the mighty one and lieutenant droid investigating things it's only like a paragraph but i was conjuring in my mind like tharg like kneeling down at a crime like going over the tape and like like looking like like moving like a pen around and like the ashes and like oh yeah get that down to the lab and get that run moving a pen around is your is your entire like relationship with police procedurals entirely driven by LA Noir? Um, yes. And <laughs> that game where you move the paperclip around. You know the paperclip game? Isn't that LA Noir where no. you can pick everything up and like turn it in your yeah. hand for oh, no you know reason? The one you, the, your man Hotel Dusk. Oh yes. Yeah. My other police procedural thing is that like because like he wouldn't be able to like lick the dust and say it's pure because it's it's not it's not drugs. It's not drugs, it's it's, it's the dust of a mech that's yeah. exploded. That's my two police procedural things, yes. Okay. Let's talk about comics. Comics! I think about Keyhole Kate sometimes. She looks through keyholes. I'm into this. An orifice. It's great. Judge Dredd's Poison Part 5. Script by Rob Williams, art by PJ Holden. PJ Holden. PJ, I I looked at that name box a lot. Uh, Colours by Peter Doherty and letters by Simon Boland. Boland! Boland. So, uh, we are now getting a bit of reaction to Judge Dredd reading that the person who, or at least a person who may be connected with Death of Hershey, could be PJ Maybe. It Um, might be PJ Maybe. It might be PJ Maybe. It is telling us exactly what we were wondering about last time, which is who the fuck is PJ? I'm glad Maybe. that this page is in here because yeah. you know, as as newish readers, as filthy casuals, he was the most prodigious serial killer in the city's history. I don't like that. I don't like that he's like the number one serial killer. I don't like that. It's like a known thing. 
Well, I kind of agree with you there, actually, because... Mm. It's hard to say, because I didn't read the actual comics that he's from, so it may have been great. Yeah. But, like, being told that, like, this named guy... And remember, I'm worried that it's going to be a named guy that killed Hershey. I have been listening to the previous episodes, and you keep bringing up that you don't want it to be a named guy, I, I don't want even to... before this was on the horizon. I don't want it to be a named guy, and, like... And the only thing about this guy is his name, because he it... keeps changing his face. Exactly. But he's a named guy who's also the number one serial killer, and I'm like, ah, I'm sure that was... Like, like I say, that might have been a great individual comic or individual run but like coming into it like this I'm like I don't want that to be a known thing about Mega City 1 mm. like this vast like they shouldn't know who the number one serial killer is if or. I'm defending it then it might be the number one serial killer that they've caught yeah for sure but like it, it's bigging him up yeah well, I, I think he's—I think he is a somewhat big deal. He's a named man. Yeah, uh, Dredd is talking to another judge about the possibility, and the other judge is like, "Well, surely this is weird because Dredd kills his his yeah. villains." And the other judge is saying, "Well, Dredd, you you shot him, yeah, and then he blew up. So I don't think it's PJ, maybe. Yeah, but Dredd's sitting there with his unhappy, grumpy face, being like, "I think it's probably PJ, maybe." Dredd, Dredd stuff maintains a higher sort of degree because you're coming into this maybe thinking, "Oh, like you know, comics. People don't die in comics." No, Dredd Dredd will kill people. Like Dredd will shoot people, and then they will be dead. Like that's that's sort of how he does things. That's that's the character. Thinking about it, the only other recurring villain that I can think of that Judge Dredd has to deal with more than once is Judge Death, who is dead. He 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 is undead. Exactly. So that's why it's it's a great foil for Judge Dredd because he, he can shoot him. It just won't do much. Or like the Soviet mega cities, who are a nation, a nation of folk. Yeah. yeah. So you can't just kill. Pres- like, are, see the he's tried. See the cursor. Gang, I forget what they're called. Oh, the Angel Gang. Yeah, yeah that's good. Are, are good they point. dead? Did he shoot them? I've uh, not seen them in ages. No, I think I have seen them in something, but mm. they're not a, a they're not a mainstay anymore. Are they active in any way? Like, I don't did, know. are they? Do you see them in stuff set in the past? Because Dredd shot them at some point. I don't know. Well, the one with the the dial in his head from the film is called Mean Machine. Yeah, I should probably know that. Again, filthy casual. But so Dredd is uh, he, he's got his internal monologue and he's saying like. You know, what is a judge without his instincts? Mm. Like, my instincts are telling me that it's PJ, maybe. I'm going to go and look into it. Phones up the boys in the lab again. Before and... before he gets to the lab, there's a, a panel of doubt from Judge Dredd. Because they're like, he literally says, I, and then he hesitates, don't know. Like, he, like yeah. it's very a very vocal. Like, he's talking to another judge, so I guess he's thinks, speaking to equals and things. Yeah. But, like, you don't really see, because he's the law. Like, he, he's absolutely righteous in every way, in, in his mind. I thought it was a notable. Oh well, like, yes, but this is this is him doing the investigation part of being the police. Yeah. So, but like even when he's investigating, he's all, he's always very like he's on a motorbike driving to where the crime is happening. Like he's and yeah. also I really like this panel, the last panel on the page, where like it's it's ambiguous who's driving away from who and who's saying what because it's just too. You, there's no two two judges on motorbikes. Yeah, yeah. there's no well, identifying. Is it is it Dredd speaking in the last panel? Is it the other guy speaking in the last panel? I thought that was really neat. The guy who was speaking anyway is saying Hershey deserves better. She was one of us. Yeah, and um, which it, you know I would say that's probably Dredd. But you were saying that you quite like that Dredd doesn't really care about Hershey being dead. So well, maybe you'd you, prefer it to be the other guy. It's been an ongoing thing on these things. You've you've convinced me of Dredd's autism mm-hmm. and that he he does care. He just doesn't show it, and like he didn't show it at the time because he's. She's on the long walk, and like that's what's happening. And she, like, she will die eventually. But like, I definitely read, and this is context for my criticism of this comic, which is week to week. Apparently, mm-hmm. I, I felt that Dred's coldness towards Hershey was a, a key part of that strip, and a, a key part of the whole thing about Hershey. Like he made her leave. Like it's it's his fault. Yeah, and like he caused the events of that comic to happen, basically. And his characterization was that he didn't give a fuck. 
And I think that's good for a fascist bastard. Like, I think that's good characterization. Anyway, so we are, I think, retold, but I had kind of forgotten that uh, PJ Maybe's MO was always poison. I didn't know that. I didn't really know that. I'd probably read a comic where he had been poisoning people. Mm. Uh, he also had something of a uh, fixation on Hershey. So it's one Again. of those things where Dredd, you're saying Dredd is like doubting himself, mm-hmm. and he maybe is to some extent, but he's also going like, no, I think it's PJ Maybe. And people are telling him, well, he's dead though. And Dredd's like, no. No, everything about this is telling me that it's probably PJ. I, I enjoy that he's doubting himself over that because he's like, well, I, I did shoot him. I did make him explode. <laughs> so, like, he logically is dead. But he's also a face change man. Mm. So he could have face changed someone else to look like him or something. I haven't read the comics he's from, but just from that first page and everything we've told about him, mm. I think of him as a Batman villain, like a Riddler-esque, giggly, sort of giggling man. We brought up the Riddler in the yeah. last, last prog slog. Maybe that's not the characterization, but like that's what I'm getting from this strip. I think his characterization is different every time mm. because it's always a, a shock yeah. that it's actually PJ, maybe. Yeah. But anyway, Dredd goes to see the chief judge. Yes. Who I uh, did look up what his name was, but I've forgotten again. It's Logan. His name's Logan. Logan. Oh, that's, a, that's a good name for just a guy. Yeah. He is the most just a guy that I think the chief judge could potentially have ever been. I've been laughing at this guy all week. Um, yeah. I keep looking at his face. He's kind of pudgy and kind of, he's just man-shaped. He's, he's just a generic, he's got like grey and temples. He could be a teacher. Yeah, which maybe is the point. But like he, he doesn't have an eye patch. No, nope. he doesn't have a severe bob. <laughs> he doesn't have like any other identifying features that you can be like, oh, that's that guy's gimmick. He would look absolutely at home in like a Greg's uniform. <laughs> that's devastating. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to call him Chief Judge Greg. Now. <laughs> I know you've told me his name is Logan, but like Captain Greg's. <laughs> I like him. I, I, I wish the best for him. I like him because his first reaction to Dredd turning up and talking to him is him going, so intelligence is telling me that uh, the East Meg 2 didn't kill former Chief Judge Hersey, which I guess means I don't have to start another apocalypse war with them, so that's good. That's a plus, yeah. Maybe keep me in the loop about these things, Dredd, you know. On your, like, uh, your, like, unilateral mission to foreign soil, and you were going to go at them with that big gun, Dread. I saw your text, your thought bubbles. He was, he was ready to bring the war that they so clearly wanted. Yeah. There's also a bit in this where I think he's basically, he's being the chief shouting at the renegade detective saying, like, no, I'm not wanting you to pursue this avenue of investigation. Mm-hmm. But there's a bit of flashback here where we learn that um, Hershey, this is not her direct successor. Her mm-hmm. direct successor was another guy who's also in this comic called Dan Francisco. I was waiting to hear you say Dan Francisco because I've heard about Dan Francisco from the, the 2080 ABCs, which is a YouTube show by 2080 itself where they go through all of the characters of 2080 mm-hmm. and give you a bit of like lore about them, basically. And... What a name! Dan Francisco. Dan Francisco. The important thing to me about Dan Francisco is that in this flashback bit, we hear that um, you know Hershey had made a lot of enemies mm. from being chief judge. I think you were saying something to that effect, like she must have done something that would have pissed off. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, to, her, to the comics credit, and to our credit, they're, they're saying that she did good things. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily framed as good things, but they are good things because yeah. the things that they're saying is like she repealed the anti-mutant laws mm. and stuff like that. So she might have not been as big a captain Nazi as I maybe painted her in the previous... Like, I mean, I've been problems. trying to tell you the whole time, she is one of the heroes of the comic, and yeah, therefore... She's, like, he's, she's one of the heroes. She's, she's like, one of the heroes within the fascist organisation, yeah. but 
by the transitive properties of that, she's one of the less fascist fascists. Yeah, like, maybe I've been harsh on her shape, but, like, yeah. she's still a Nazi. Like. The important thing here is that that made her a lot of enemies, which is what led to her losing her election mm-hmm. against Dan Francisco. They have elections? They might have had, like, an election arc. Yeah. I want. I want to say there's like because there's those. Remember those democracy guys. That, yeah, um, there were, they, they, they were like pro-democracy protesters who were outlawed for mm-hmm. wanting democracy. Presumably there was a big arc where they pushed for it and then they got an election and things probably went either good or bad. Well, or they just kind of forgot that it was a police state for yeah. a while. Or, or they like the the judges allowed it for like. Yeah, it might have only been judges that got to vote yeah. or something. But I I, I just thought that it was, was worth dread that got to vote and <laughs> only dread and he voted for Dan Francisco. Theoretically, Basically, everybody got to vote, but Dredd told people what to vote for first, and then they did. Uh, he goes to talk to Dan Francisco after that, and um, he's asking about PJ maybe. Apparently, uh, PJ maybe attacked Francisco as well, because Dredd's saying, like, oh, have you heard about this Cervantes guy? And Francisco's like, no, no. genuinely. Like, I haven't been in this comic the whole time. Yeah. I don't know a thing about it. I've been working on my bike. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Dredd's like, well, it might be connected to the PJ Maybe case. And he's like, PJ Maybe? That guy tried to kill me. He was like, PJ Maybe? That's a named guy. Yeah. If I can help, let me know. And that's the whole of that. Well, there's a good bit of interaction because he, he's like, oh, like I can tell if someone's lying, beep, beep, beep. And he and Dan Francisco isn't. It's yeah. like setting him up to be up because I can tell by his body's language that he's not lying. Yeah. Which... You might say is a waste of a page, perhaps. I liked the page usage in this strip. This 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 felt like a lot of things. We saw the chief judge. We saw Dan Francisco. We did. That's we saw true. like a panel of like Biolab. Yes. So after that, uh, he gets back in touch with Biolab, and um, the the lab's like calling up, being like, oh, "Urgent thing, I've got to tell you, Dread. Remember how that alien pathogen had something in it that wasn't alien, but was made to look alien. Mm. It's and then Dread interrupts and be like." Oh, it's that uh, that fungus that PJ maybe was using to, mm. to poison people, isn't it? And she's like, how did you know? Because I'm driving. I'm, I'm, I'm on a motorcycle driving pre- towards the crime. I've been pretty sure this was a PJ maybe thing since PJ maybe's name came up. And, you know. I don't like it. I mean, like, because I was like, maybe it'll just be a red herring thing. Where it's like, oh, it's a guy you know. But then it's not a guy you know. But it definitely looks like it's a guy you know now. Uh, unless it's somebody trying to make it look like PJ, maybe. Yeah. There, there are other avenues. Copycat, maybe. So, the final thing is that uh, this fungus apparently only grows in one place in the Cursed Earth. So I guess we're going to the Cursed Earth next issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the final panel is Dread saying, give me, give me the location with the flashback outline of a panel of uh, Hershey. With, like, psychic power eyes. She has bit. the sight. Yeah, she doesn't have any pupils. She's got light coming out of her eyes. Did you... Did you get what this panel was going I didn't get it. I, I assume it's just Dread like, thinking about Hershey, but mm. like she does look like she's doing a psychic powers is, for some reason. Is Dread is Hershey psychic in Dread's memories? <laughs> is Dread like, oh yeah, Hershey. Uh, yeah, my female friend who's a judge. The psychic one, right? Oh wait, no, she blonde hair, right. <laughs> I I like this I like this strip a lot because I've been I feel like I've been too harsh. I, I mean I've been harsh on this story. But yeah. this is like back to Mega City 1 for an issue, because yeah. we're going to the Cursed Earth now, which I'd forgotten about before this recording. I like the Cursed Earth. I, I, think, like, it, I, I think it's fun that there is an, an area within the same setting that is, you know, Fallout yeah. or Mad Max. Oh, I'm not against it at all. I, it, and it definitely is like a world-hopping adventure thing. Like, we'll probably go to Hongo City at some point and Brit City. And... Potentially, actually, because there was mention of Hondo City in the, um, the, the file. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, and the other thing is, that last psychic image of Hershey might be because it's going to be two weeks until we pick up the story again. Well, it certainly will be, because will. And like unless... Dredd has a flashback to him investigating PJ maybe as a cadet. No, no it definitely will. I don't know why I said it like that. It definitely will be two weeks. But like, I, I guess that's why this is like a big, like, oh, I'll come back in two weeks. Because, like, not necessarily psychic Hershey, but, like, Hershey stuff. Uh, apparently PJ maybe was, like, obsessed with Hershey. That comes up in the, like, hey, mm-hmm. remember who PJ maybe was stuff. Well, he might have so, cloned her now, so... Well, apparently, if, it, if he is, indeed is this Cervantes guy, he definitely did clone her, because there was that clone. That so, clone that may or may not continue to exist, or might have got shot by Dread. Unclear. I guess that, because you don't like how it's named guy, because you I think it was... I fixating on that now. Because it was a, a poetic end to a fascistic leader yeah. that they, you know, fell from grace and died uncelebrated in some forgotten I corner of the world. I think that was the intent yeah. of that day. I think that this might be what you've called a fix-fic to me mm. before, where the writer of this does not like that idea mm. and is thinking, well, if anybody should have killed Barbara Hershey, yeah. it should be PJ, maybe, because there's all this history with her. Makes complete sense. Not against that. And like I, 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 like I think I said in the first um, strip of this run that it's a good thing to do. Like, Fallout from the Death of Hershey is something that you need to do. So like, she's one of the three characters that are main Dread yeah. World characters. I'm oh, not. I should call out, actually. I think the other judge that Dred's talking to at the beginning might be Judge Giant, who's another one of the named characters. Judge Giant? Judge. I've never... Uh, I, um, I'm, just keep talking, I'm going to look for a badge. Well, Judge Giant I'm, is a character that I've not necessarily internalised before. See, again, it's, it's the chief judge problem, where like if you don't have an identifying feature and you're just wearing the judge uniform, you're going to have to have a hell of a fucking name for me to remember you. Like, Dan Francisco is an incredible name. Yeah. I'm not seeing a badge, mm. so... Also, please put your badge names in the art. Like, yeah. like we're, we're never going to know. It probably isn't giant, then. I don't know mm. why I thought that. Anyway. We've got an ad, if we you want to move ad. on to the next piece of the comic. We've got that ad we were talking about for Smash. Smash! I love that it's called Smash. Which is just the cover of the first issue. It's got the spider. And I do see, indeed, what you're saying about him having riveted, like, armoured... Uh, it's it's kind of an armored bra. It's an armored bra, and like it's a lovingly rendered image of his armored bra. Does he not look rather a lot like uh, Namor if he was a bit older? Namor, um, your man, the Rock. You know, you know the Rock. Oh, um, Black Adam. Black Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's a weird, and like he looks even weirder in the internal art as well, because presumably this little uh, cutout bit here is from inside. Yeah, that is also the Lobon High artist. You're always calling out that. I, I just you artist. see her art, you see her art, and I'm like, oh, that's that's a that's a named two card creator. Uh, where is she, where has she been? She's not been doing Lowborn High. She's been doing the Spider. I assume that uh, they will be doing Lowborn High next issue, which will be the regen, uh, which is where Lowborn High is. I'm drinking my milk. Michael has gone to find the cat. The cat is. Eluding him, it's a stealthy beast. Picked it up, everyone. He's picked up the cat. He's going to throw it. It's flailing. It's scratch. I'm seeing blood. Oh, this is this is an ill omen for All Hallows Eve. He's not know whether he likes it or not. Did it get you in the wrist? No. Yeah, I saw him. I saw him pawing. He was just flailing like cats do when you pick him up. It's impossible for me to... Like, I'm misgendering again, because, like, he's a boy cat, but, like, all all dogs are boys and all cats are girls. You're going to have to stop talking about cats soon, because I'm going to clap again, and we'll have to talk about the comic. Cats! 
Um, do you know what you're going to talk about next about this advert? Uh, I was just going to say that I, I just love his, I love his tits. Mm-hmm. We'll have it queued up. Okay. I love the spider's oven tits. His <laughs> his hob tits are incredible. Presumably, um, they're a thing that does a thing, right? It, they are connected to what looks like a jetpack. Yeah. So presumably, they they because they kind of look like they open up to like reveal under tits or or something like. He's a mysterious character, and I would like to read this issue of Smash and find out what his tits do so I can report back. Well, whenever that is possible, feel free to talk or, about Smash on the next Prog Slot, yeah, I guess. Or write in, like, let us know so I don't have to buy Smash. Yeah. Maybe you were saying because you wanted to do a solo podcast mm. ramble about the magazine. Yeah. Maybe you could do, like, a Smash Slog. <laughs> Smash Slog. That's a great name. Smash Slog. Um, anything else to say about this? No, it's, it's a good cover. I would buy it if I could. See if it was in shops. Yeah. It's in comic shops, so you presumably had to order it. But it's not in newsagents, as far as I can tell. You can't just buy, pick it off the shelf. It's a spooky Halloween issue! Next up, we have got Helium Scorched Earth Part 5. Script by Ian Edgington, art by Disraeli, letters by Simon Boland. Boland! Uh, so, this is more or less all uh, exposition. It's good exposition. Because we've got the the hero team uh, in a very nice looking office. And then the mayor of the slogger domed, like, Mm -hmm. eldritch being city comes in. I, right, there's a lot to unpack. Because like you say, it's exposition. First of all, you say it's a lovely office. All of these people look cosy as fuck. They do. They very much do. The whole cast. Are all of them wearing jumpers? Have they been issued jumpers? Or is this just the jumpers they have? I think that uh, Mr. Grimsby is wearing a jumper because he is mechanical. But he does have a scarf. Uh, He does have a scarf and he's got a cape or cloak. His neck might be a bit cold if he has a neck. Or possibly a duster coat. It does look like a duster, I think. Uh, Yeah, because if you see him over here, uh, he's got the shoulders covered there. But he's wearing a lovely little scarf. He's a cyborg, right? Well, he's got to keep his neck warm. (laughs) Because that's the lowest part of his body that is actual body. He's a cyborg, right? And he's wearing a lovely red scarf. Mm. I feel like that's relevant to our interests. Yes, I see where you're going with mm. that, yes. Because mm. yes. Kamen Rider because is Kamen a cyborg Rider. Yeah. and he wears a red scarf. This is exposition, right? And I feel like maybe I'm warm to exposition, because I feel like when we have exposition strips, I'm like, oh, I love this. This was great. It was just, they just explained things to you, and I learned things. And uh, I think it's necessary with Helium, because mm. as I will keep bringing up, the first run was eight years ago. Eight years ago. So even I, who have read that, have basically forgotten all of it. That's pre-Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. Is it? Uh, no, wait. No, it would be, because we're, yeah. not, we're basically all the way through Biden now. Mm. Unless he gets another term, which we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Trump only had four years, so eight years ago would have been the end of Obama. Mm. Yeah. It might be pre-Force Awakens. Prehistory, basically. Well, Force Awakens. It was, was 2015, yeah. so that would be eight years ago. Yeah. Um, so the mayor comes in and he's talking about like, oh, where are you from? What's uh, going on here? They they ask him about the the eldritch being that we were wondering if they were praying to. Yes. Now I'll, I'll give you. A, I feel like I owe you money because I was like, they probably sacrificed to their. I, bl- I believe you owe me twenty p. Twenty p. He does quietly because they're like, oh, you know, they like what? They give him stuff. They give. They, there's like a symbiotic relationship on the go, which was what you were pitching. Yeah. And like he, qu- I think qu- it's just they feed it their waste. They feed it its waste, and like he qu- he's quietly like, hey, you know, sometimes they're dead. So like, I feel like I'm semi right, like not actually right, not like, technically correct. You can give me ten p, then. You can have ten p, and then we'll see how it goes. 
Because, you know, they're already given that they're dead. Yeah. Like, how dead is their dead? It's a symbiotic relationship where this thing creates a bubble of clean air underneath it where it grows. And sometimes it just reproduces by budding. Budding, which I'm a huge fan of. And the young flies off into this in somewhere and they go and follow it to where it goes. And then when it settles down in a new area, they, they just build a new town there. And uh, I thought that was a lovely concept. I, I re- I'm glad you like that because I loved that. That was like this is a, this whole strip is cozy, mm-hmm. and that was a very cozy thought. I hope this long. It's difficult because they're monarchists, right? They are. Well, they, like, they reaffirm that because um, they are talking about Mr. Grimsby being something or other. Let's see, a Hazar, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like a what? Because I guess when he got shot in the back of the head, he lost his memory. Uh, By that Uzi that the master had. Dr. Dial. I've remembered his name this time. Dr. Dial. He's not in this one. Mm. But uh, when the mayor is like, yeah, you're a Hazar. And he's like, what? And he's like, yeah, Hazar. They they were tasked with protecting our beloved Tsar and Tsarina, who were overthrown and slaughtered. I'm not going to lie. I was reading that as Hazar. Because that was the sort of voice that I gave this mayor in my head. He's like, he talks like this, indubitably. Like, he's, he's got such, like, verbose text bubbles. And he's, he's such, like, a like Victorian gentleman mayor guy. I think he looks like me in about five years when my hair goes fully white. That's true. You know, you're, you're not wrong there. Yeah. You could get little spectacles. <laughs> and you could start saying, huzzah! I don't think he says huzzah. I, well, he, say, he calls him huzzah, whatever the... Hazar. Hazar, but, like, I was reading it as huzzah! because that's the energy he was giving me. We also find out a little bit about our heroes because mm. they're talking about, like, oh, so who are you then, not knowing that she's the princess? And I don't think she does because she says, well, I'm Constable Hodge. She's from Liverpool. No, she, she, I think she's from Newcastle. Is it Newcastle? It's one of the... Like... It's it's Newcastle. Not mm. Newcastle. Not Newcastle. One word, new. Second word, castle. Like Newcastle. New, like New York. Mm, mm. So, um, Is it Newcastle? I thought it was Liverpool. It's, it's definitely Newcastle. I, I might have just like brain-flipped this one. Constable Hodge of a civic constabulary of the town of Newcastle. Newcastle. So she's from this Newcastle. This handsome, handsome devil is Mr. Grimsby, my assistant, aide, head cook, and bottle washer. Bottle washer. Is that like... A euthanism, or is like like when I read that, I was like, is that like am I meant to know that, or is that like a historical thing, or does he literally wash bottles, or is it he probably washes bottles, or is it like he's a drunk, a drunk, like he, he drinks? No, oh, it could be like the, the where does the alcohol go then? The, well, there's like a, that horrible like Robocop twenty fifteen like organ system in there, like to, like he's a general grievous presumably under that mm. robot suit. You know what would be funny, and isn't what's going on, mm. but what would be funny is if there was a big reveal at some point where he like peeled. Like, those rubber masks that they used to have in films off. Ah. And he was actually all robot the whole time. Mm, mm. He's just got, like, a, a Terminator skull under there. Yeah. Well, he, he did have metal under his skull. And, and you can see that in this panel where it's showing him from above because he's bald. Yeah. So you can see the metal plates so that, that are covering up the damage from him being shot in the back of the head. By an easy by the master. Yeah. The um, the mayor, like... He's he's sort of telling people their their backstories because he's like I can I can deduce from your hair color that yeah because the uh, the the scientist is from somewhere called Riz mm. and I guess that's the capital that Riz. the master etc are in in the flashback last prog because mm. he's the scientist that they were trying to get to come up with a cure for the air in the world and it seems like he has and he's got the data for that and that's why he's been chased yeah. but he's like uh, I couldn't go on with it because like it involved the deaths of 
people. Yeah, he's a, he's a good remorseful scientist. Yeah. There's a great panel of him covering his face about all the deaths that he well, was I really like this panel to. where he's saying, I'm not a brave man. In many ways, I am a coward. Mm. And then he's like covering his face. Even though what he's saying seems to be that like he ran away from research that required him to murder people, mm. which like... Mm. They're too long and they evolve a lot of gassing of children. <laughs> I mean, I guess it probably requires some amount of courage to murder people. Well, he used to do it emotionlessly. Like, he's, he's a good guy. He's got emotions. He, he's not up for killing people, is yeah. what we take from these panels. Even even if it is for the greater good. And and this explains why he has green hair. Yes. Because apparently something about the, the purified air, or, like, breathable air at least, that they have in Riz... Uh, makes your hair go green. Mm. However, Constable Hodge has got grey hair, and this is because she's from Newcastle. Newcastle. Which makes you pale. pale. But also, being a slogger makes you pale. Well, they, they specifically call out that she's like our departed czars. Yeah. The, the mayor's like, immediately like, I bet you're the lost... Like, he doesn't say it, but he's, he's immediately puts together that she's the lost princess, because... I don't think that there is anything that really shows that he thinks that. Well, he's like, our princess was lost at the age, like, in, like yeah. the age you would be, and, like, you, like he's, like, looking at the picture of the Tsar and Tsarina or whatever, yeah. and they've got the same hair colour. They do look quite similar. And he's just, he's just like, ooh, yes. Like, he, he, like, from this reading this comic, he absolutely put that together immediately. That's what I took So he's it. got the spectrum saying that uh, she was spirited away by a loyal soul it's after talking about how, after what's talking his about name, how... Hazar. Uh, too young to have been christened to have a name of her own. Speaking of which, would you be so kind to tell me he, your he name? He absolutely knows. He, he might do, but he, I don't think it's confirmed. He's a cheeky, older Victorian mayor gentleman <laughs> that absolutely knows. Is there anything else about this that I thought was fun? I like their jumpers. I fucking love this last page that you've turned to. Yeah. This last page. It doesn't matter what's happening in it. Have you seen the designs? Have you seen the designs? Do you mean how they're wearing bubble helmets like the other spacesuit like mm-hmm. like protecting things with hats on with hats on, on top on top of the bubble helmet? It's multi-layered. It's not just that they're wearing bubble helmets. It's not just that they've got hats on top of the bubble helmets. It's that one's got a big military commissar cap. Yeah. And the foot soldiers are wearing that World War One pan helmet. Well, I think they're supposed to be like half army and half. Uh, oh, they're the police. secret police, right? Yeah. They're the disappear police. But like that that is the cause, you know, it's Victorian sort of turn of the century yeah. thing. That that is the World War One British helmet. And it's over a bubble helm. Should probably say that this is a cutaway now. Um, mm. So we've got the bad guys who are... Because you remember they were asked to go and confirm that they go had c- crashed and died, yeah. please. And get that data back. Same beat here as well. Because like they investigate and like the scene that they crashed. And like the foot troops are like... Well, they, they're in the, the fog forest now. They're in the yeah, miasma. They're, they're not oh. in the wreckage, but there are there are footprints leading away from the wreckage. So they're in. The, yeah. they're, they're they're under the and fog the fo- cloud. The, the foot soldier's like, I reckon they're dead. Yeah. Shall we just go home? Yeah. And like the, <laughs> the the one that presumably got shouted at, I think, by the uh, no, because that was a, that was a woman. Oh, was that I'm not seeing any women on this well, page. Although I am historically bad at telling. Historically bad. He might be under orders from that character then, because he's like. No, let's let's double let's check it out. You know, let's make sure because if we if we get shouted at again, probably said something about disappearing our families, <laughs> even though we're the secret police. Um, but yeah, they're going to go and confirm the bodies, which obviously they won't do because they're not dead. Yeah, you hopefully, I'm I'm worried because I'm I'm very conflicted because the sloggers, there are people, but they're monarchists. Yep. 
but they have a lovely cozy. I like, do think they are the good guys in this story. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, but like it, it's it's weird, weird stance for Toucan to be taken. But like mm. it's it's a what, no, what's that? The Lost Princess. I brought up last. Anastasia. An, it's an Anastasia thing. Yeah, like yeah. whatever. But like yeah, you, know, you kind of want to see more fuck the monarchy stuff out of Toucan. Um, I don't know if that's like their official position or whatever. They're but punks. Yeah, they're punks. They should be punks. If they're not punks, they should be punks. They're old enough. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I really like this helium. Mm-hmm. I, I've been liking helium the whole way through. I, I really liked the, it. The art's good. The world's good. I thought that uh, a little bit of um, uh, explanation on the setting, a bit of what's to term uh, world exposition, uh, is, is good, even though it's kind of a bit slow this time. It's a good catch-up, and it's a, a stark and deadly contrast to one of the upcoming comics in the prog. Upcoming strips. Not the ne- next one directly, All right. but slightly later on. Okay. I guess we'll take that as our cue. So, uh, the next comic, even though the first page doesn't tell you this, is oh, Devil's Railroad. Yes. So I'm going to need to turn the page, page. to tell you the credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's part four, and the script is by Peter Milligan, art by Rufus Stegelow, Colours by Jose Villarubia and letters by Jim Campbell. Jim Campbell. Do you remember where we left off on this? Yes, uh, the bad son. Yeah. There was a there was a big mojo, mojo. Is it called mojo? I can't remember. I was I was going on a tangent about the X Men, mm-hmm. and there, there was a character that scooped them up and put them into intergalactic TV show stuff. This isn't where I was going, but okay. And I think the character is called Mojo. Um. That's what the mum looks like. Okay. That's what the the big gangster mum. She's got some sons she likes, she's got some sons she hates, and the son that she hates has gone to avenge the death of her good son by shooting a photon torpedo (laughs) at a spaceship that our main protagonists are on, and it fucking exploded. What I was fishing for there was the ship exploding. Yeah. And us all going like, I guess they're just dead. Mm -hmm. Uh, How are they going to get out of that? Are they going to say that it's like another fucking dream? Mm -hmm. Because that's what we're talking about. We were worried. Let me tell you, listeners, the way that they got out of that situation is they just did. Well, one of them did for sure. One of them did. They they just did. What this reminded me of, I'm going to do my my Devil's Railroad rant here. What this reminded me of is there's a scene in the film and presumably the book Misery where the the woman in Misery, she's not Misery, that's like the book, but she's... Oh, the, the, the actual... Book, there's a character called Misery. Yeah, so um, <laughs> Misery Tangent. This isn't this isn't that great because you should probably have seen Misery for me to bring this up. But mm. the story of Misery is I've seen parodies of Misery. There's an author who is very clearly Stephen King mm-hmm. who gets like injured and has to be saved by a fan of his who is the woman that I'm talking about. And she's she, not called Misery. She's a big fan of his Misery books. Mm. And there's a character in those called Misery. So she's not Misery, but she's the woman in Misery. That's funny, because I would have called her Misery, yeah. not knowing that she wasn't called Misery and yeah. that it was a character called Misery. Um, but it's very much like Stephen King being like, you know what's scary? Having fans that like your work. <laughs> but anyway... There's a whole section in that where she's like, because like she she forces him to write a sequel to the the misery book because misery died and she doesn't want her to have died, mm-hmm. and he, he writes a thing and it's just like, well, you know, she wasn't actually dead, and she's like, no, that doesn't count. This is just like those serials. Did you ever see those serials where the guy would be like driving down the hill in the car and the car would blow up and I'm like, how did he survive that? Is he dead? And then you see and see the next one and he jumps out of the car. But he didn't jump out of the car. He didn't jump out of the car. This was me reading this mm. because I read that last comic and they fired that torpedo at the mm. warp driver 
and it just blew up. And it very it, blew up. It was a spaceship it? in space, rupturing at instantaneously. Speech. And we read this comic, and it turns out that they're just like, oh, things are going bad. And a few people are like dying from an explosion. Oh, yeah. But then they, they just go to an escape pod and escape. Well, you knew. The, I... last, the last comic ended with the bad guys, a different sun than the sun that turns up in this one, by yes. the way, I think, turning up. Um, the bad guys sitting there being like, oh, no. What are we going to do? We've just blown up that ship and all of the refugees are on board it. The valuable refugees. But they didn't. They, they just didn't. Well, they saw some escape pods getting away in this continuity. So, this, that happened. And, like, this page is happening at the same time as the previous page. Would be my defense of it. Like, if you were reading it in a trade, this page you would see the explosion. And, like, this page is happening... This, this is the explosion happening from the people's perspective in it. And in, within, like, a page, one of our characters is forced into the escape pods. And presumably, for me, it's like, enough people probably died that it's fine. I know that's an odd stance, right? <laughs> that I'm like, okay, enough death and destruction was caused. Whoever's editing this will probably clip that. Yeah. For me, enough death was caused that it's like, okay, like they did lose a lot of people. And, like, our protagonists... Made it out by the skin of their teeth. And but the, they, they got separated. They that's, got separated. That's the drama that we're going with. It's a lovely... Like, the panel of the hands reaching and, like, yeah. being separated. Like, it, it, it's this, again, I was... When we were talking about, like, issue two and the uh, the, the inflation fetish, yeah. pregnancy, um, fake out. For me, I was saying, like, well, there needs to be a lot of obstacles. For, like, I don't know why I'm coming out like that, but I feel like there should be obstacles in the journey because that's sort of the, the story they're pitching. This is one of the worst things that could happen, right? Like, they're, they're, they're... Yeah, yeah, they get separated. And, I mean, the worst thing that could happen would be specifically Constance dies yeah. because that's the whole point of the yeah. expedition. But, like, but, you're doing the story, there's two characters that get yeah. separated. Like, that's that seems like a normal thing that you would do in a comic and, like, probably should happen in this sort of scenario. So and like it's 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 a violent separate like the ship exploding. That's how they get separated. I feel like that's I feel like that's fair enough. I I keep not having your reactions to like these because like remember when you were that's saying, probably a good thing for content for content for for the mighty god content. But like you were so reacting to like the the man child bursting out of Constance. Yeah. and I was just like oh yeah, that, I, was thinking, <laughs> oh, yeah like, I guess that is a visceral image. Uh, <laughs> and in this like I hadn't thought about like how the ship. Like fucking was vaporized. Uh, yeah, and, like, absolutely. Like like the end of the Star Wars, the Death Star. Just yeah. <sighs> to be fair, we know one person. Well, I was going to say we know one person. That's the second, That's Death, the second Star. Death Star. The second Death Star does have one notable survivor. survivor yeah. I it's like about this. as much sense as that. You <sighs> might say. Come on now! Don't invoke the spectre of Palpy for <laughs> Devil's Railroad. <laughs> I didn't bring him up. I did. I, I brought up the Death Star. I guess. We get um, some feedback on the bad son because he's like he goes back to his mum and he's like uh, I blew up the ship and his mum like voltage cams him for it. Yeah, but before that, when they're split up, uh, Palamon gets um, dragged off by a group of aliens. Generally, there's one guy who looks as human as Palamon does, uh, also wearing a, a fez. It's a blue fez. There's like a bug-eyed guy as well. Yeah, and then the um, the the escape pods. There appear to be three escape pods that get away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like, "Oh no, I've lost, I've lost Constance. She's gone." Then we cut over to yeah. presumably sometime later when the son had gone back to report um, back Sister to White. Yeah, and um, she's she's saying, "Not only do I lose my favorite, wonderful, perfect son." Uh, my other son uh, seems intent on proving to me how thoroughly useless he is 
by blowing up my warp drivers and killing valuable refugees. So yep. again, valuable refugees. It's Weird. a business. It's a business she's got. I don't think she thinks of them they've as already, valuable. They've already got the money. Uh, yeah, I don't know. She wants the repeat business. Uh, she shocks him because there's like some backstory stuff about like when she took him to a doctor as a child. She had him like fitted In, fitted with a shock device, a voltage camera, and I was I, I like the art. See the the, the, the sort of. Money shot of the guy getting shocked. Yeah, it's, a, it's a cool little piece of like drawing, and also I like his reaction of like, what kind of parent would do that to a child? Like, <laughs> like he like that wasn't the sort of sort of awareness that I thought we'd get out of the characters in this. It's also like a, a shocking lack of awareness though, because he's like, what kind of parent would do that? It's like your parent, you, your your mum, who's you, like, she she shot that slug man last time. Yeah, remember? Yeah, but she, then she, this is bad. This is happening to him. It affects <laughs> him directly. But, like, you know, that's presumably, like, seed in a heel turn there, because he's, he's aware now that his mum's bad, mm. his mum's bad to him. Uh, I, I just thought it was a notable bit of the strip where I, I didn't think he would react with awareness to that, because that, that, like you say, that is the first instance of him being any kind of aware. Like, sure. I mean, he's he's barely a character. He, he's an antagonist. He is an antagonist. He, he caused the events of this specific strip to happen. I'm, I'm staring at him, like, taking in what he looks like. Because yeah. I want to see if he is the same antagonist. Because I think I said that there's another son who turns up later. Oh, there's another brother. I think it's different. I think it's a different guy. Oh, it's not that guy. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a better son. That's weird. She's got a lot of sons. Y- yeah, but, like, the whole dynamic is, like... That, that may be our second favourite son that turns up at the end of this strip. Cutting into, now, the escape pod that Palamon has fled... In. There's a comedy bit here which I think does work quite well where, mm. like, as he was running away, people were saying, like, oh, I'm this guy, what's your name? And he's shouting, Constance, because he's, like, trying to get to Hello, Constance, are you alright? Like, yeah. yeah, like, it's a good back and forth. And so now he's trying to explain, like, no, my name's my name's Palamon, actually. He's like, oh, you were saying your name was Constance. Did you hit your head hard? Oh, you might not be alright. Your you're, you're bleeding quite visibly from the face there, yeah. son. This sequence, right? So the, the comedy back and forth, yeah. and then what we'll talk about in a second. This feels like a bit from New Who to me. That's that's the vibe I, I took from see this. That. Like this, like this is a silly RTD bit. Um, after like you've you've had your big dramatic heartbreaking separation. Here's some comedy aliens. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, like comedy of of misinterpretations as well, mm. though, because he's he's trying to explain like, no, I'm not Constance. Constance is my wife. I've Dude, lost my wife. I've lost my wife. And then another alien is like, what kind of arsehole would leave his wife to die? On And he's like, I didn't leave my wife to die. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You dragged me into this pot. Like, yeah. I was trying to get to my wife. You... So he starts a fight with this guy, yeah. which will be important later. Um, but then the other guys, the other, like, human and the alien that he's with is like, oh, you need to calm down. What, uh, only one thing for it. Kiss him. And the Palmer's like, excuse me? He's like, what? And apparently this is a particular kind of alien that will, like, make you extremely calm when it kisses you. Is and that not, like, a rubber-masked alien in David Tennant? Like, like that that's the vibe I was getting. You know, like I say, I, I don't think you're necessarily wrong. I could I could see that, yeah. It's kind of New Who-ish, because sort it's just of, a, like, silly humour kind of kids. silly, but after trauma and kind of, you know, it's, it's goofy alien stuff. We also find out that the guy who um, is with the alien is married to the alien. Yeah, and they're fleeing. Seems, seems very RTD to me. Yes, they're married and they're fleeing because of, like, social prejudices on their various home yeah. worlds. And they're hoping for a better time of it on Earth. Which but, I was a little bit like, well, you know, apparently Nigel Farage is still alive in Ni- the year 30,000, so... Uh. That's where Nigel Farage and Colonel Gaddafi live. <laughs> 
and possibly uh, David was talking about this. The, was it David or was it Callum? Um, the the person that we couldn't identify might have been uh, Enoch Powell. Oh God! Yeah, what a rogues gallery! I, I don't think it was Enoch Powell. It looked like a newer, yeah, like the haircut and stuff. But like it was very obscure for how prominent it was. Yeah. I should probably mention, is this the first time when, in this particular area of the first page of the comic, hmm. there's not anything particularly weird? Michael, I, I like that you're outing yourself here because hundreds of people are dying. It's it's a horrible scene. It's, it's a horrible it. scene, but like it's a horrible scene on this part of the that page man, as well. That man has... Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, I'm thinking of just the, the full page. Or, yeah. um, yes, it, I think it is the first occurrence of no discernible fish. <laughs> um not to besmirch. Fetish or just what the fuck? What the mm, unclear here. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, that was a bit of a, a tangent. Do you want a tangent on these things? Because there's a lot to discuss. Misery tangent. Plot-wise, after the kiss, uh, he's just a bit kind of weirded out by. He's it. like, "Do you feel camera now?" He's like, he's like I "Actually, guess so, yeah, yeah, I do." And like, I mean, my wife is still missing, but emotionally, I'm. I, I've been affected by a drug kiss. <laughs> so like, I, I am voltage cammed. Um, but then they get crashed into by something. The pod door opens, and there's a bunch of gangsters there. But you can only really see one when they come into view. And this guy says that he's Isaac White. Who, oh no, actually, you know, I'm looking at him. He's different. He's, he's a different well, guy. Yeah, I, I was saying before that he was the different one because I thought he didn't have the techno stuff on his head. Mm-hmm. But actually he does. So it's a different outfit. Mm-hmm. Or at least it's different colors. I think it's, I read it as a different, yeah, it's a different guy. Like, because he's got like a yellow space I think suit. it's the same guy now. See, why is, why did I think it was a different I, guy? Because I thought it was a different guy reading it. But I, I, yeah. I, Lack the ability to internalize people names. Yeah, well, I don't know if we knew that his name was Isaac before this. We might have known because because we should probably exposit it. Like, oh, my favorite son, blah blah blah. I Not think my... it might be because he has always been shown next to people that are bigger than him before, mm. and now he's bigger than all of the heroic characters here. And because of the lighting, mm-hmm. the colors of his outfit look totally different. It's blue. It's got blue undertones, though. It wouldn't like the the poor son. The, the bad son's got yellow undersuit, and like yeah, uh, maybe maybe uh, it reads as a different character. And without going back and looking at what characters are called, <laughs> anyway, he says that he is there to find the bastard that murdered his brother mm. or killed his brother. And um, he'll kill everybody here if they don't tell him who did it. Mm. And then the same alien that Palamon got into a fight with earlier is like, I saw who did it. Yeah. And this is, I am absolutely certain, a setup for, they think that he's going to tell them that it was Palamon, but he's going to be like, oh no, it was me. Because mm. he's actually a good guy, and he'll be touched Oh, by I thought him. you were going to say, like, it was a setup to be like, it was Constance that did it. And like... Because they, 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 they think that his name is Constance, but not, and like then that'll be a misunderstanding, and then they'll get out of it that way. This'll be our, our 20p bet, then, because yes. that sounds also plausible to me. I was going to say, he'll say it was me that did it, mm. and then it'll be a I am Spartacus thing. I, I fucking love I am Spartacus Everybody moments. will say I did it, yeah. and then I guess the gangster will just kill everybody anyway, because he's I, already threatening to. Right, so I was, I was reading this guy as a different guy. And I was reading his like captions in like a Danny Dyer like sort because of, he's he's like a hard he looks like a kind of hard man kind of character. It's a bit where he's like, I'll take you to Earth, like I'll get you to Earth, I'll drive you there myself. And he doesn't say it in my motor, but like <laughs> that's the vibe I got from it. I like this. I liked Devil's Wear Road. Like not as maybe as much as like I've, I've liked the whole thing. Right? It's weird, and I don't think it's fetishy. I'm just indulging you because you mentioned it, and like 
I guess you know people can. I, I think the fetish like content has gone down significantly since the second strip. Since yes. the pregnant woman left the strip, maybe since the third strip. This is the fifth one. This is the fifth one. I like it. It's neat. It's fun. Yeah. I like space stuff. I don't. I think the the gangsters aren't very compelling. But see if this character turns out to be like a bit of a lad. <laughs> I don't even, think he will. I know I mean, you're saying that you might face turn. You might yeah. face turn. Right, but like, I, well, I think this is a different character. First of all, I don't think this is the bad son. I thought I thought it was a different son, but this, no, I think it's the same one. This he's all coded like hench and stuff in this. He'll kill everyone. Like the other guy's a kind of weedy guy. Like he wouldn't be here just alone. Like as like silhouette. Well, he's like not that. alone because there's silhouettes behind him. I guess I get. Like he, he's too wide. He doesn't look. Maybe it's just an art thing. I think it's an art thing. Yeah. Mm, that's another twenty p bet then, because I think yeah. this is a different guy. I think this is a like a mid son, not as good as the first son, but much better than the second son. Uh, and I think I'm, I'm hoping for like a face turn or like I, I don't know. I, I I just I read him in Danny Dyer's voice and I can't dislike him. <laughs> okay, it's good. I, I, I could happily read more. I could take a leave it. I know that's very yeah. much your 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 thing. Presumably, there's not that much more. I, I feel a bit bad because I, I want the new stories to do well, but mm. like, it's just not it's just not clicking for me. I think this is to take us up to Christmas, right? Remember Tharg was talking about yeah. that a while back, so maybe I'm not, I'm not saying jettison it now, get it out of my face immediately. Hit it with a photon torpedo yeah. immediately. But like it's it's just like when it ends I'm not gonna be that bothered. Mm. Which I'm I'm very sorry to the creative team for saying. But that is that is a shame. Shall we move on to the next comic? Let's move on. Just a wee side note. They're droids, they need their lube. I don't think it's fetishy. I'm just indulging you. Enough people probably died that it's fine. So, the next comic is Fall of Dead World Retribution Part 4. And similarly to the running thing where in Devil's Railroad, mm. I keep saying, like, oh, running thing, have they got some mad reason why the cliffhanger last time didn't uh, actually happen or mm. whatever? This time, we cut to yet another totally new set of characters yes. in Dead World. We should, we should call out the creators before we... Ah, uh... Uh, yes. Dead World, Retribution Part 4, Script Cake W, Art Dave Kendall, and Letters by Simon Boland. Boland! I agree with you wholeheartedly. I laugh. I had to put the comic down. <laughs> I had to put this comic down, because like, we've been complaining about how like, there's too many characters. Yep. And, and like it, it, so far, each issue, each Every strip, single one. There is high art to be had here, right? <laughs> High fucking art if they never stop cutting. See if, <laughs> see if every strip until this run ends is another set of characters. If, uh, what's he called, Fairfax never actually starts doing the thing mm-hmm. that they spent that whole first issue deciding to do. I would say that this this might be the key factor in why this is not a well-liked comic by Progslog. A very, a very liked strip because like, there's so many lines of people waiting to do yeah. things and... We don't know any of them and no. have any attachment to them. This guy, the, the, the protagonist of this comic... Is Judge Death? Is Judge Death? Question mark? I, maybe he's not. And he's fighting... Someone? <laughs> <laughs> he's fighting two heads stapled together. together. That are presumably people. That are, and, like... I, I like that, like this individual strip, right? Yeah. I like this because it was... Kind of a non sequitur every page. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think it was intended as such. It very much was a (laughs) bit. Yeah, it was a non sequitur, and it's it's just like it's just like roll with these concepts. Like I, I, I am Judge Death, but I'm currently in the dead body 
of my dad, who is a dentist. Who looks like Judge Death as well. Mm-hmm. Like, is that... I think that's something to do with Judge... I think he had the smile before he was Judge mm. Death. So, like, I think that's what they're going for, the dentist thing. I'll see if I can parse it. Because we've got Sidney Death or his son... Or dad so this, this... lying from the cover. It's the same yeah. outline of things. There's the chessboard, there's the book. He's lying there. And then like there's a flashback to how he tried to like f- ascend to a higher veil, but he was rebuffed. And the flashback bit there is the Judge Death design, mm-hmm. but like also maybe it's just a Dead World Judge design. I, th- I think we can say it's Judge Death. Yeah. Um, and but, he's being menaced by a plague bearer from 40k. I'll take your word for it. He's got like a, a big distended tongue. So so he went to the higher plane of death and, and, and was rejected. So presumably, Craig, yeah. there was a story where Judge Death almost became Judge Death, mm-hmm. but then was told, no, you can't be Judge Death yet. We can't finish Fall of Dead World yet. There's a lot more to do before that. We've not cut away yet. Like there's there's more cutting we can do. Then it uh, shows that there's a knife fight happening in mm-hmm. another part of the room with like another character, with two other characters that I don't know. I don't know if that character is ever named. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they are right, right? Because okay, we're still on the first fucking page. Yeah. <laughs> so so Judge Death, right? He he, he he names himself as, like, Judge Death or whatever, and, like, the man who would be king in, like, very flowery dialogue about himself, the Black King or whatever. The, he's, he's named, right? He's got concepts. Presumably, this whole thing, right? The whole of Fall of Dead World yeah. is about him ascending to Judge Deathness. That's the, what I always thought. Yeah. yeah, but presumably, like, we're getting a glimpse into, like, he tried and was re- rebuffed. Yeah. Because they were like, no, we can, we can keep stringing this along. <laughs> so now he's back... Presumably he had to kill his dad. Like that's probably part of like the because it's a very like ritual, dark powersy, forty k kind of thing. Like like the chaos gods. Well, kind this of stuff. is presumably the corpse of his dad. Yes, and he, there's he, no visible wounds. He's just a zombie. He's, so presumably something happened there, and now Judge Death, his soul, yeah. is in his dad's corpse. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's like what an ironic it says. Thing. Yeah, but and like that's a thing that Judge Death does. Like you, you, you can't kill him. You'll 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 respawn. Like, mm-hmm. you, you go as a wee ghosty guy and he'll possess a guy and become another Judge Death. So, yeah. like, that that isn't the weirdest thing. It's just, that's, like, panel one. It's your entry into, like, this new strip, basically. Cause it, totally it, new concepts. Yeah. Like, if you're coming to this basically sight unseen as we are, yeah. like, none of these concepts I really like anything that's I've... been in the previous three strips that they've had to build up to this point. I think this is, like... New readers' nightmare. Mm-hmm. See when people are like, "Oh, I can't get into comics because I read them and I don't know where to start and I don't know what's happening." And like, I think that's the, the, this is the kind of comic they've read. Yeah. Because like, I'm, when I hear people say that, I'm like, "You just fucking read the comic and it's like it's a spider." Yeah, you, like, can, you, you can pick it up. You can pick it up. You can read as you go. You can't pick this. No. Like we're we've been reading this. This is part four or five. We are coming into this with a not in okay. You know, like, like, listener, we probably don't know as much about 2080 as you do. No, no. But, but we we have a somewhat significant knowledge about the background of 2080. We're totally lost. We know who Judge Death is, and that isn't helping us as much as it probably should. Yeah. Like, where are we? Where, there's a knife fight happening. There's a knife fight happening between a woman with two kukris and a headless body, mm. and then we see that there is a 
bodiless head on the floor. <laughs> there is two heads sewn together. It's two heads. One of them is like a stoner dude. Yeah. He's he, he talks like, like I, I can't do voice, but like he, he, he in my, when I was reading him again, he had like a kind of stonery like surfer dude voice. And that I feel like I had like with the previous strip, I added Danny Dyer, and that might have not been warranted. He's written as a stonery guy. Like there's a bit where he says, "What's so funny, dude?" What's so funny, dude? And like at one point he's like, "Juice me with the dead fluids," and like, yeah. So this is a non sequitur of a comic with non sequitur characters. Who? How are we meant to parse this fucking double head thing? Like having <laughs> like I read the blurb as well. I meant to say when we started oh, yeah. reading, um, there is a solve invasion happening. Yeah, and that is be that is explicitly mentioned in the blurb. Okay, so that is something that we should have known going in. This is exactly why I refuse to read the blurb mm. because you couldn't tell that from reading the comic. Therefore, it shouldn't be in the blurb. I I understand your moral stance. I think you need to like wave on it sometimes. I think I need to go through this and like yeah, go, go through how it. hard it is to parse again because like um, the like dead body of Judge Death gets up and starts stalking over towards the double head guy with a scalpel mm-hmm. and then like the head bites him um, so like how long has Judge Death been there it seemed a bit like he just sort of spawned into his dad's body mm-hmm. that's, that's what I got from the comic like, but they're he... already talking he's already got an enemy in this head man <laughs> well presumably this like this is the aftermath of a ritual gone wrong yeah. and or right and these characters were all involved in this death ritual. He then says, dude, where's my body? He does say that. So, um, so like, wh- who is this character? Presumably he was a character before he was a head that was two heads. The body is that... So the body the body gets a name. It's this fucking page. The body gets a name. The body is the body of cartel assassin Destiny Martinez. So, right. But the soul right. form that inhabits it is from another veil. Right. Hold on. Yeah. Hold back up. I thought that this assassin-looking woman yeah. is the cartel assassin. So did I when I read it. Are you tell me that's not the case because she, because like there's there's a page right. Yeah. Where because like there's panels, there's panels, there's panels. I'm going mad. I'm I'm, I'm falling to dead world. <laughs> the, there's a, an assassin figure fighting a headless body. Yep. And like. Judge she's Dead. got knives. She's, Surely she's an assassin. She, and she's in like a cat suit, but it's kind of like a skull suit, like a Metal Gear kind of yep. thing. There's a page. And he's saying, like, oh, there's someone in this, the assassin's body, right? That's what he's saying. And there's a panel where it looks like there's, like, a goat man. Well, also with two cookeries. Yeah, so, like, the, I am taking that this spirit, this this demon thing yeah. is inside this this assassin. Well, like, so, so again, it's, the, 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 it's so fucking hard to read. Because, like, we've got this knife fight. Mm. And then it's saying, the body... Is that of the cartel assassin, blah, blah, blah. So, like, the body, the body, yeah. like, because this... The, the this soul is... form that inhabits it is Eunomia, mm. the third sister. Yeah. We... I think I remember from previous things mm. that there were, like, dark sisters and they were, like, demon people. Ooh, are they... But I, only, I need to remember that. If your only exposure to this is that she's the third sister, mm. that tells you nothing. And, and, and this is, like, what, presumably the same, like, fight, mm. but now... The person with two cookies is like a horse demon. <laughs> so, like, this panel where you see the horse demon. Yeah. I assume this is Judge Death looking at the fight. And he can see with the his... The soul form. The soul form. He can see that inside the assassin woman in the cat suit... Yeah. There is this goat woman, horse woman thing... Yeah. Demon that's possessing her. Yeah. Fighting this headless body... 
It might have like a Parasite the Maxim thing grown out of it. I don't know if that's in the other panels, but... I think it's also hard to tell if like this, if the body has changed between panels. Because like, as you say, there's a Parasite thing grown out of his head. Yeah. And in previous panels... But there, maybe there isn't. maybe like the parasite isn't visibly grown out of the head yeah. in the real world, but death can see it. Maybe he, he can see the dead parasite, and I don't think it makes any sense for the actual body to be this Destiny Martinez. Mm. Uh, is that a typo? I think I, I think that the the assassin is Destiny Martinez, right? Right, Keck W. Yeah, you're active on Twitter. <laughs> right in. We, we're not here to hate. We're not haters. We love you. Love uh, your work. Uh, uh, Question: yeah, I mean, Michael, Michael might be a hater. I'm assuming. That this assassin is Martinez. She's just possessed by the third sister. That's what I got from it when I read it. Uh-huh. It's only it's only in doing this where I'm trying to make any sense of it. This is that I've made it make less sense for myself. I think yeah, that like we're trying to parse it and it's getting yeah. worse. I think this is like non circuitor four because like the like I'll tell you what it is. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what it is. They're saying like. In a vacuum, mm. the body is that of Cartel Assassin Destiny Martinez, but the soul from that handles it is from another veil. It's anyone of the third sister. Yeah. That's fine. Yes. The problem... Is they're referring to it as the body. The body. The body. Hey. On the panel after, the head guy has said, dude, where's my body? Yeah. Referring to the headless body that is fighting Michael. Destiny Martinez. Michael, we cannot be sure that this double Oh my god. We cannot be sure... <laughs> The, the double head thing is related to that body. Keck, Keck W, please be listening. Are you trying to make this as confusing to me as you can? Because that must surely be an intentionally confusing setup. Michael, I'm going to reveal to you now that I like this. I'm, <laughs> I'm having fun. There's a, there's like a mad thing on every panel. Like, see if... See if because this is like the height of like what Dreadworld has been in sort of terms of like unparsability and just like what the fuck is happening. Mm-hmm. If this was every issue, I might be enjoying that more because like this is this is mm. high grade like what the flying fuck because like because like the problem is it keeps cutting to new characters and we don't care about them. yeah. But like if it kept cutting to new characters that we didn't care about that were double headed guys on the floor and demon, it, this is more abstractly mad I, I mean I want to argue like I could I could agree with you or I could mm. argue with I don't you know if it's cause. necessarily like flat good but yeah, I, I, I enjoy it like I, I think this is bad mm. actually um, because it, well who knows what the fuck's going on here yeah. but I also want to agree with you because this at least seems like I don't know what's going on but it seems like it's important yeah because it's the aftermath of an important thing we're not happened. following some judges fighting some Soviet judges and maybe a zombie or two. Yeah. This is presumably Judge Death in the story about how he becomes Judge Death. Mm-hmm. And some named demon thing that's possessing somebody. In- it's a demon that's like fighting against undead things. Yeah. Is, it, is it a good demon? He doesn't look like a good demon, but I'm just... I'm so, I don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. but it does like it does seem like it's it, something's going on. For once, you you always want something to be happening in Dead. Yeah, and th- th- this is stuff that this is an action scene. There, there's mad shite on like most panels. It, it might not be good, but like I've in, I've in, I've enjoyed this more than the Dead Walls we've had recently. Uh, there's actually something that I'd forgotten about until I'm just reviewing things that I, I want to call out as something that I particularly enjoy. Mm-hmm. Don't think it's actually necessarily good, but it reminds me of the thing that I like because uh-huh. the two head guy is saying that like because like the the demon girl Destiny Martinez slashes open the body's intestines. And the two head guys like, oh, nice try, but I can control every part of my body. 
Because I'm a zombie, and I do mean every part of my body, and then, like, the intestines come out yeah. and, like, grab at her. <laughs> and I like that because it's like Dio Brando in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 1, where he explains all of his bullshit powers that he can do by just being like, I'm a vampire, so I've got total control of my body. <laughs> it was so natural for you, because you're like, I'm a vampire, I expected you to say blah. Nah. I'm a vampire, blah! Dio Brando didn't say blah. He didn't say blah. But he did shoot his blood out of his eyeballs at extremely high pressures. Like, none of this is blood out of your eyeballs tier stuff. I think that grabbing somebody with your exposed intestines is kind of... It's not the same... It's not the same style. Mm. Like, like it it, it may be the same degree of madness, but it's not presented in the same... What the fly? It's just like, oh yeah, zombie stuff. Oh yeah, and then there's two more pages as well. There are two more pages, yeah. I don't know if anything more really happens on one of those two pages. Well, Um, Death teams up with this assassin who is presumably sent to kill Death. Um, They they talk about the Necronet. They're connected to the Necronet. I I like the Necronet. That's a very, like, that feels like a very two-card concept to me. Um, At one point, I think Destiny Martinez cuts off the body's hand, which allows the hand, the disembodied hand, like, uh, is it Cousin It's that's Cousin the hand? Cousin It, yeah. Um, to pick up a syringe of dead fluids and inject them into the eye of the, the guy that is just two heads. And that's how they start talking about the, the Necronet, because he's like so well-connected via the dead fluids. And um, then I think it sort of looks like Judge Death has got him, but he says, uh, there's only room for one Judge Goth boss in this town. Mm. And then... The final panel yes. cuts to <laughs> an as yet before completely unseen monstrosity mm. that is saying, and that's me. Implying that it's the same guy, but it's just a collection of body parts. It's a shambling mound. And what is this? Craig, Craig what is this? I, I parsed this quite easily. Uh, so he's been juiced up by the dead fluids. Yeah. He's part of the Necronet. And he's he's just pieced together all of the dead bodies in the room or the building, and they've they've glued themselves together, and they're now shambling across. If this is in the same room, yeah, then it should the, the artwork should show the other characters in the same room as this. Mm. They should be an establishing shot. I mean, I'll grant you, like the the way the panels are formatted, it might be like he's saying that like a sentence fragment to no one. Yeah. And he'll he'll maybe like the geometry of the room that it's in also does not really look particularly like it's the same room that they've been fighting. I, the whole time. When I read it originally, I read it as like he's just pieced all the, the guts together on the floor, and now he's got like a little horde thing. I mean, it probably is that, but my he, point my point is just that like this literally could be anything anywhere. It could that literally because of the way the form, the panels are forming, it literally could be cut into anywhere. Yeah. And you know the comic likes to cut to places. It's also a monstrosity made out of a group of people. So it didn't cut to another group of people who mm-hmm. we've not been following. Exactly. Yeah. I um I'll laugh, comic I'll, after this. I'll laugh yeah. This is a good comic. This is a good comic. <laughs> I'll laugh a lot if like this is a sentence fragment and he's in another room and he has to like round a corner <laughs> to like advance on Judge Death and uh, Martinez. Because that's such a weird... Like, why would you do that? Like, wh- why wouldn't you have, like, ju- like the characters react to, like, this mound that's in the room? Because there's presumably other dead people in the room, in the building. Yeah. Well, I look forward to not finding out next week. Oh, yeah, Christ. Oh, it's going to be agony. Yeah. Being a slogger makes you pale. The next comic, and the last comic, is Final, Final Info. Final? Final comic. Final comic. 
But not the final of Fairland. No, not the final. It's just it's just the final of this this the prong. It's just part five of Bad Goodsburg. You just like saying Bad Goodsburg now, don't you? I, I can now. You can now. Yeah, yeah. uh, the script is by Nan Abnett. The artist by Richard Elson, and the letters are by Jim Campbell. Uh, so we cut directly into what we left off on, which was Bode and Barbary Anne being chased down by a jellied icosahedron. Icosahedron, which is like a gelatinous cube from D anD D, but it's shaped like the twenty sided dice also um, from D&D I was very correct we we're talking about it, like oh will the guy be alright no yeah he, like, he, he's dissolved immediately yeah it's a very swift yeah very like powerful I'm going to say cube for yeah. sake of ease Barbarian no. is like we can take it and uh, Bode's like no it's not worth it mate <laughs> it's not worth it and Barbarian's like ah you might be right yeah and I relate to this a lot this is like an encounter you're like oh we'll take this thing on it we fine and then someone fucking dies yeah. and you're like Fucking leg it. <laughs> just, just get out of the dungeon. Leave. Cheese it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I like that the big threat is a fucking um, co- not cosmic cube. Uh, gelatinous cube. A gelatinous cube. Yeah. It's big. Enough, it's given good work to the gelatinous cube. It's shown it in a good light. Absolutely. If it was an actual gelatinous cube, then they wouldn't need to run very fast because no. they travel at like five. But this, this is an icosahedron, so it rolls. It rolls. It's, it's like um, uh, Rover from the Prisoner. Oh. A bit. Bouncing after them. Yeah. It's getting a lot more love and a lot more screen time. Well, it's not actually getting more screen time. It's what, not uh, dead. The yeah, because you know how the, the owl bore fucking exploded? Yeah. Like a panel into existence. It got slashed out of existence. Yeah. This this is just like, no, I'm a threat. <laughs> Deal with me. Well, they, they don't. Yeah. They, just, they just run. They just run. And presumably it'll come up again. Like, hopefully it'll reappear. They run to another big door, go through it, and they find a bunch of zombies standing around, which they call worm bones. And actually, Craig, I have now read the first uh, run of Feral and Foe. Ooh, do you want me to like, give us like, a... You loaned it to me. Mm-hmm. And I remembered it because a big threat in that was worm bones, because that's just what they called undead and zombies. Right. And the thing that led to the second run of Feral and Foe was that they were surrounded by like a massive army of worm bones oh. and had to defend themselves and like the only way they could do that was by like spending all of Bode's magical energy which caused a big explosion and swapped everybody's brains and souls and stuff. Anyway. Did you like the first run? I really liked the first run. I didn't think that it was anything like as good as the second or third run. Mm. Those were good runs. Those were very good runs. They were some of my favourite comics running at the time, as you know, the third one is running now. Mm. It's one of my favourite comics right now. Uh, there were some weird things, because mm. there was a... a, a so the, the main characters, I thought Crodgun, the orc guy, mm. was like a major character all through it. Not really. He just mm. turns up for the last story, where they're dealing with that big huh. army thing. He's in it for like two issues. That that's very D and D. Like a new character yeah. is rolled and like they turn up. It's mostly Wrathchild and Bode. Mm. The art's slightly different earlier on. So Wrathchild looks more I don't know, sort of nineties X Meny than mm. she does now. Interesting. Um, but the important thing about it, the character design is other ones of the thing Long Evie. Uh, the thing that the that Wrathchild turn up in that run, mm. they do not have chains for hair. Ooh, so she she just has chainmail. She just has a chain or, wig, or their bones. Like they they're, they're shaving. They're, they them. all have wigs. They all have wigs, or like like they have to like get pliers and like cut their chainmail hair off because <laughs> you know there could be some religious cult or whatever like that. Mm. But you know uh, that's kind of all that is relevant. I'm glad to hear it's good because I've had that comic for a while now because it came I'll, with I'll the Meg. I need to get it back to you. Yeah, I've been meaning to read it myself, but lazy. Yeah. Um, so they fight these worm, worm bones, and uh, at one point they're like, "Oh, did you hear a, a sound of a gunshot?" 
And Wretchfinder Danica, when it cuts to Wretchfinder Danica and uh, Tusk fighting mm-hmm. other worm bones that have turned up to attack them. Jo- Jenny Joyce is packing heat. She's, she's got two flintlock pistols yeah. that she's just... Presumably she's going... And that's it. And yeah. yeah. Usually in that case, when you have flintlocks, you have like multiples like strapped to you. So you can just do one, two, and then like keep pulling them off your bandolier. I was pretty sure she had a sword before, but she's yeah. got guns this time. Well, slashing damage against undead, Michael. Uh, it's the one you want to do for zombies. Oh Christ! I can never get it right. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, all, I'm aware that there's types of damage, yeah. and I'm aware that some undead take one and the other. Um, so uh, Bode and Barbarian come back in the nick of time to save Tusk from being mauled by a zombie. Uh, she blows that zombie's head clean off. He's just, he's just some eyeballs and splatter. <laughs> It's hot. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then Bode unleashes a, a big spell. I think he calls out the name of it at some point. It's someone's casting, gout or something like that. I'm casting Under Once Pestigora. Well, it wasn't gout based, but... Less of a pun than I would have imagined mm. from, from Dan Abner. I, I am in the state of like trauma with puns. Because mm. I'm like, oh god, everything's a pun. And like I'll be reading things and like not getting their puns. And then I'll be like, oh, I really like the blah blah blah. And you're like, you like the blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah. And you're like, Craig, you know that's... The, and I'm like, I, Oh, I'm 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 so embarrassed. Like that that's what I feel reading like Feral Info. Or well, you feel embarrassed that you don't get the puns. Well I feel embarrassed that there's probably puns that I'm not getting. I mean there might very well be puns yeah. that I'm not getting. The sheer dent- it's not necessarily like Azmuth, where like, you know, Papa Leg Day and all that, mm. but we know that he likes his puns. He's a very pun related yeah. writer, yeah. But Boo unleashes this big spell and it takes out all of the warm bones. Hella area effects. Which uh, would have been nice if he could do that in the end of the first run. Mm. But it does make sense that he couldn't because he got that magical upgrade if you're He's got a thing in his skull. He's got a thing in his skull. And he calls out that he couldn't do it to the, 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 the other Skaven or whatever they were called. Yeah, he cast a spell that like specifically targets undead. Which I really liked. That's good. Which is a bit weird because he did tell everybody else to hide their eyes from it. Mm. So like maybe it maybe it's just like a really bright light. Yeah, well, also, it's like presumably holy stuff, right? If it's turned undead. And he's a malchemist, that'd be very Unholy, yeah. It's probably like destroy undead. Yeah. Anyway, so that's sort of the action of the strip. It's, it's, I feel like we're underselling Feralm for a lot because it's, there's a lot of gags and a lot of like. The problem with it is, Greg, mm. that uh, I think we're bad at getting across what's good about it because it's such a quick read. Because, mm. you know, we talk about it, it doesn't. You know, take up a lot of time. There's not a lot of nuance to what we're seeing happen. It's that but, thing where, like, if you like a thing, it's harder to speak about because, like, we can speak for like 20 minutes and, like, what the fuck is happening in Dead World? Yeah. But in this, we're like, oh, I really liked it, Barbarian. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's literally just like I could be like, I really like this pose where Wretchfinder Danica is jumping in the air and shooting her guns. Mm-hmm. I like Barbarian's massive fucking gun. It's a fucking she, huge she's, gun. I know I say this every week. She's eight foot tall, <laughs> and the gun is twice the height of her. Yep, it's also got a bayonet, so it's like oh, God, it's got my... a massive sword affixed to the, if the end of it. If only she had a shovel, she would be perfect. <laughs> she does have a weird face in this one, panel. She does have a weird face, yeah. Um, That's very well. rude, though, saying she's got a weird face. She's, she's blue, is that something you're going to criticise next? Uh, no, I'm just going to say that her face looks different in this panel than does in like, most of the other panels. Mostly because she's just got like a nice, well, I'd say a nice smile. She's got a smile that looks a bit weird with the... like growths coming mm, out of her hair mm. or instead of hair or technical hair let's see so they tell her that the the, the guy that was with Bode and Barbarian got uh, dissolved yeah the that's the second of the party to go yeah. down and uh, what's her name Danica is like oh god no we've lost the one guy and now the other guy what are we gonna do 
And then they talk to her about like, well, you know, this is a, a really bad. This is a grade like a code nine or whatever. Like they've yeah. got like they've got terminology for how bad this infestation is. And and then she's like, right, well, in that set of circumstances, what I should do, the the protocol is that I um 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 let me think. And then we cut to um, Wraithchild climbing that tower towards she, Mrs. Oftlack. She's doing a diehard. So how do you mean? Like, like that is like the like um, he's like climbing through the vents. But like she's going up there, right? Mm. But like that is like McLean crawling through the vents. And then doesn't she say like a diehard line? She's like, "Oh, go to Goldsburg." They said, "Like that's that'd be fun." They said, "That's diehard, right?" I have only seen diehard maybe once. I think that's like a direct diehard thing. But again, I don't think I've even seen all of diehard altogether <laughs> once. I've seen it in bits. That might be a diehard thing. I think it, I think that's a direct diehard thing. Yeah. I like how she's like scaling the walls with her bare hands. Well, she, she said that's what she was going to do. Yeah. Last issue. I'm surprised and... that she's grumbling about it because I was just like, oh yeah, you'll just quickly run up the wall like a dark elf. Like... <laughs> but that's it. And as I say, like it probably like doesn't sound as good when we're talking about it as it does to look at it. Mm. Partially like because a lot of what I really like about this is it's like clearly one of the best looking comics mm. in 2080 at the moment. Like look at look at the background in this thing where yeah, she's so the much, tower. There's so much detail and so much like it, it's very like fantasy-ish as well. Yeah, it's like know. a grungy fantasy as well. Like mm. listeners that sort of like muted palettes and things. Normally I don't necessarily like dark fantasy but it's like a comedy dark fantasy. And it's, yeah it, like it is a dark fantasy but the characters don't act like it is. No like they, they, they act like their D and D players. They've got silly names like Barbarian. Barbarian, like, and they call things like the, like they call it the tank of the party. Yeah, I. Um, That's a big thing in the first run, by the way. Mm. Like, there's a whole thing where Bode and Wrathchild are like being like, well, if we want to do any adventures, we'll need to hire a tank, mm. and they hire like three different tanks over the course of it, and they keep dying. <laughs> So, like, a tank is, like, a class of warrior or something. That's it. That, I was, was going to say, there's, there's more... No, that, it's a good comic. It's probably still the best comic in the prog. Do you want to do rankings? We should do rankings. I think it's your turn. It's a spooky Halloween issue! My turn again! Was oh, it your turn last time? I don't remember. Feral and Full. Yep. And then it gets complicated and tricky. I think it's a very tricky one this time. Complicated and tricky. Feral and Full... I, it's between Helium and Dread. Between Helium and Dread, I would say. Because Feral and Foe, number one, just really fun. Jelly Dice he drawn. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Um, I liked Dread a lot more than I've been liking it recently because it was back in Mega City 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it just felt like you were getting a lot of stuff. You know, like, like you got your exposition page. You get your Dan Francisco. You get, you get your, your chief judge, who's just a little guy. He's just some wee guy. I liked it. So I'm going to say Feral and Foe. Judge Dread, but then a very close second Helium, because mm-hmm. it was so cozy, and I, I was like going like, oh, they're going to be sacrificing their children to like the thing. No, they just sacrificed their dead to it, and, it, <laughs> and they, the, the budding, the budding was just a burial like I custom. I wasn't it was just a burial custom. I wasn't ready for the sheer like jumper content <laughs> as well. Like oh, like I didn't realize that's something I wanted in comics. Best jumpers in the program. Yeah, better, for sure. Yeah, it'd be weird if there was. Better jumpers than that, because that would be <laughs> a very jumper-heavy prog. So, Feral and Foe, Dread, Helium, Devil's Railroad, and then Dead World. Well, I agree on the latter part of that, but okay, I actually okay. put in Helium first this time. Mm, that's very fair. Yeah. That's very fair. Uh, I feel like it's not, actually, because that is more or less just... It's exposition, exposition, but it's good exposition. It's cozy. Like yeah. it's a lovely, warm place. I just had a really nice time reading that. Yeah. I don't really, I, I don't have a particularly good, well thought out reason why I liked it the best this they week, wear, but I did. They wear their helmets over <laughs> their bubble heads. Yeah, 
incredible design work. Uh, second, I'm going to put Feral and Foe, which okay. means it's another week of me putting Dread Third. Ooh. And uh, I don't think it deserves it this week. But there, well, that's... it's a weird thing where I started off liking Poison, and you started off being like, I don't know, what's mm, this I'm about? grumpy about this. And now I think it's rising up your rankings and falling down mine. Hmm. But um, the, my, my <laughs> the reason why I'm putting Dread Third is the same thing why I don't think that I should be putting Helium first, which is that it's kind of just a bit of exposition mm. this time. Well, well, it's like for, a, some, for some reason, I did mind it in Dread this week, but I didn't mind it in Helium this week. I don't know. We should clarify, this is a bit of fun. Yeah. Like, we're not, Always. like, actually ranking the things, even though we're actually ranking the things. Well, the thing is that, like, we are ranking the things, but, like, you know, if you're one of the creators listening to this, like, what do you care what we think of things? We're just two fucking random idiots. Also, if you do care, let me know, because, like, I want to live rent-free in someone's head. <laughs> See if, like, what I say affects you. Um feel very sad about yourself not to come at you but like i'm trying to downplay just how little i matter yeah and then if you do actually care about what i say rethink your life yeah we have one patreon supporter yeah and like double figures sometimes listens mm-hmm. like you know if, if we're offending you i'm very sorry Look, but like if we, you want to start know. a twitter beef right yeah like if you want to come at us because of our views we're all for it. Let, let, let's talk behind the scenes so we can like organize it so it's like a proper like you know we're both getting heat and we're both getting like mm-hmm. things from it. But I'm up for that. <laughs> I'll say some you shit. Want to do like a YouTuber boxing match with Keck W. Yeah, Keck W. Like we'll get in the <laughs> ring. Me, it's like it's Musk versus what's his face. <laughs> One man, two men leave. Like what? Two men leave. Yeah, two men enter. Two men leave. I was nothing gonna, happens in between. I was gonna I fucked up. I was gonna say like <laughs> two men enter. And then one, like, double-headed creature leaves. <laughs> and then my last two are uh, Devil's Railroad and Fall of Dead World, neither of which I'm particularly enjoying. I'm so happy that Dead World is in this with uh, Devil's Railroad, so it never gets your bottom spot. <laughs> uh, what, Devil's Railroad yeah. never gets my bottom spot? Well, yeah. We, could, I've not, we should probably write down our rankings so we can compare, like, a fucking spreadsheet at the end of the year and be like, ah, yes, the math perfect like well, frog was this we do have a record now so uh, we can always go back and check uh, you can <laughs> <laughs> i think that's it, it. we up. just we just need to talk about like how you can find us so mm. um we are prog slog on twitter and uh you can find us both as uh youtube videos although i don't think we're up to date yet. we're not up to date on youtube but you can you can peruse the yeah. back catalogue on youtube you can find us as a podcast wherever podcasts are found and we you know where that is because you're listening to this right <laughs> you now found us. We're um, Boys from the Pod production. We are, we are. We've also got another podcast called Boys from the Pod, um, which uh, is us and one of our friends, David, uh, just chatting about more or less random stuff. Uh, it's a slightly different thing. Please check that out if you like this. And if you liked this, please tell somebody about it. Because mm-hmm. we would like to have something of a larger audience, if possible. I have very, like, not Napoleonic views, but like very, like... I've got big ambitions. Mm-hmm. Big ambitions. Let's just let's just say it. I've got big. You've got, amb- you've got things in the works. I've, well, no, but like <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to have enough Twitter followers, enough Spotify followers, if that's what they're called there, I to like justify it. having plans in the works. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music was supplied by the uh, the Colton Hove School of Psychic Defense, and the Progress Log logo was designed by Jess Kate Fireheart. Who you can find on Instagram. Yes. Um, thanks to anybody that I've forgotten to thank and um, thank you listeners happy Halloween happy Halloween it's a week or two later but happy Halloween 
Bye. Bye.